Welcome to E20, your unofficial EastEnders podcast. If you don't mind, I have chocolate to eat. Emma. And I'm just, I'm just really worried about the bins. This litter situation's getting out of hand. Peter almost died the other day. Connor, so what we got coming up this week, Emma? We have your usual roundup, of course, and your hero and slapping Jane of the week. And we play Max Game. And that is the Max Brannan special edition of Match Game. But first, here's the jingle. You ain't my mother. Yes, I am. My boy. Blimey. Mr. Butcher. 57 was my nan. 57 was everyone else. One minute we'll be looking at each other. The next. Rubbing each other's clothes off. Mother always said I could be a star. Hope you enjoyed the fireworks. Good night. So, it's Valentine's Day. And never mind Ash and her misery. That can come later. We have to talk about someone else. A queen who has been forgotten. Poor Suki didn't get a single Valentine's card. That's disgraceful, that. Well, she could buy them in the shop because she now obviously owns the Minute Mart. And what she could do is she could just write some out and just say she's got loads and then take some chocolates and be like, look, look what I've been getting. Come on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I also thought, is Peter not going to just do like a, a handwritten card for her? You know, like, you know, because he's always got no money because like he has to lend off his dad and his dad's gone. So like, <laughs> I, I was hoping that Pierre would have like done like a little like, um, roses are red, <laughs> violets are blue. If you date me, I promise I'll sell drugs for you. <laughs> like, something like that. It just seemed quaint and nice. Oh, well, I heard that Kayla brought that for Chelsea this year. Oh, really? Oh, see, that's probably why Peter didn't do it. I was hoping Peter would get his little crayons and stuff I was just going like... to say, I thought you'd be a yeah. bit like um, Baby Abby and you'd be drawing the yes. cards out. But how awkward would that be? You'd have to get one for Ash and for Suki, so you'd have to, like, change the way he was <laughs> writing so people thought it was a different Peter. <laughs> Suki would open the car and be like, there's a five-year-old sent this to us. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Like, uh, why is that like a thing that they could have done and just didn't? They should have done. They've missed they something there. Yeah. They've missed the mark there. They've missed the mark there. Suki could have gotten a little crayon card from Peter. <laughs> Ash could have gotten a professional one from Peter. Like, <laughs> well, what, what he could have done for the one for Ash is he could go over to Baby Abby, who is Picasso. She could... Uh-huh draw out something in maybe in watercolours actually she oh, could do yeah. something in watercolours watercolours oil paints yeah yeah she would do that and then he could write in that one and then the other one he can draw himself and you, yeah. you can't decide then has he put more thought into the watercolour one has he really put thought into that one that he's drew himself yeah. and took that time why have they never like ever done bouquets of roses and violets you know for valentine's when do you think that's the best time to do that? Oh, I've yeah. never seen anyone selling them. But, yeah, like roses are red, violets are yeah. yeah. Why did no one ever think of that? I thought, I just created a new like, floristry business there. Or do they do I, them and we just don't know because no one yeah, buys maybe, us flowers? Maybe, do them. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's not that original after all. <laughs> <laughs> we just haven't been gifted. <laughs> yeah, these we've never had them. <laughs> I'll tell you what my partner got me for Valentine's Day. My fiancé decided this was the day he was going to get me what I've always wanted, 
a sign to tell all those cold callers, salespeople, and, you know, other <laughs> litterers of my doorstep to bugger off. I've got one of them. I sit like, no cold callers, no salespeople, no, like, you know, whatever they're called, whether like the doorsteppers, that's it. Got, got that written down on the door now. So hopefully everyone listens. <laughs> Well, I was inundated. I mean, I could not leave the house, which is, I mean, I've not meant to anyway, so it's fine. It it helps really, doesn't it? It helps. Well, I just couldn't get moved for all those cards. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. I just got images of like your house being like, you know, have you ever seen Father Christmas, the like animated film, like for Christmas? It's like a spin-off by like the people who did Snowman. Well, anyway, there's this moment where like this... This truck delivers like everyone's Christmas letters to him, and it just fills his entire hallway. Now I've just got images of that being you, ah, like like little like heart dotted envelopes fly at you. <laughs> That's exactly what you know. It was like it was like getting Hogwarts letters flying down on us, but it was Valentine's. How <laughs> delivering them? <laughs> no doves, doves. Oh, doves. Does. Actually, because some of those owls are flipping ropey, you know. I went to a like a sanctuary for like um animals once yeah. and was like zookeeper for the day um and met one of the owls from Harry Potter. <gasps> Proper vicious. No. Proper vicious. You had to do this weird little like magic circle around its face before you touched it. You had to go like with your finger, you had to go like that, right? And then you could feed it or stroke it. I mean, um, I've heard of diva demands and people being a bit different, uh yeah. Behind the scenes, but goodness me. Nope. They took me fingers off. <gasps> eh. They took me fingers off. Well, actually, one of the doves placed one of the presents in my hands. Ah. Oh, oh. I know. How romantic. How romantic. What so was this? Suitcase full of trucks. No, that was apparently meant to go to you. Oh. Did you not? I, I reposted that one. It's. Oh. You know, oh, got, sorry, that's I your phone. Just got, a, just got a phone call there. Uh, hello? You've opened the suitcase full of drugs and you're not impressed. Some crazy Irish guy can uh, I don't know how he keeps getting this phone number. I've got him blocked on every, other, say, every other device. Get him blocked on that one again. Yeah, oh, goodness block him again. I want to see this man. This man. Who even is he? Who even is he? We still don't know. <laughs> Anywho. We will um, always find a way to get that in. <laughs> Doesn't matter what the topic is, what the story is, we'll always find a way to bring back those those things we truly love and obsess about. I did just love Suki's positive positive words for, for Ash after her breakup. Stop moping around. I didn't get any Valentine's days and you don't see me moping around like a B-list Hollywood starlet. So naturally... Suki's little pep talk. It doesn't go down well. And in fact, she follows it up by saying, well, this place could do with a hoovering and the windows could be wiped down as well, love. So if you're going to be here, Ash, you might as well do something. Meanwhile, Ash is like, I feel sad. I feel sad. I lied to Ikra. She's seen through my lies and dumped me. And now I'm expected to clean the house? Well, Ash, generally when you're living with someone, that's kind of what you do. Like, you kind of help out cleaning. <laughs> Mind you, I didn't see Vinny. Vinny cleaning. No. Oh, I mean, we hardly see Vinny anyway. It's a pleasure when we do. True, true. He's becoming <laughs> the new Ricky. 
Oh, I mean, speaking of which, we did see a little <laughs> glimpse of him via a photo. Just a glimpse. Just a glimpse. And then he was back off to the, the pit of non-existence <laughs> or wherever he sent. <laughs> <laughs> so Ash decides she's not doing any cleaning. No, no, no. So she decides she's going to get some flowers. And she's going to go and make peace with Ikra. And hopefully, as it's Valentine's, Ikra will just fall in love with her again and everything will go back to normal because it's in Ash's head. What happens is you hate someone, you love them again. You hate someone, you love them again. And I mean, (laughs) this happened in the conversation. Bear in mind, she's living with a family again. She reminds Ikra at the time that she hates them, though. Yes. Absolutely despise our family, even when they've given out a roof over our head. Hates them. Hates them. They've done this. They've ruined her relationship. No, love, you did that. You keep getting this confused, Ash. You took part in a lie and, like, literally systematically lied as well. You systematically lied. Habiba was saying to you, like, every week, help me get Jags out. Nah. Nah, he's not innocent. He's not innocent. That's like systematic lying. You broke up a sisterhood. Like, you broke up Habiba and Ikra. Of course she's not going to forgive you. That's you who's done that. It's not your family. Accept responsibility. I love when she said she had your daddy say she loved her. Where was that? When you were flipping, partying up with Peter and leaving her? That's because at that point she hated her. But remember, that can change. Oh, changed. Flicks back and forth, doesn't it? Can't believe you forgot. What can I say? My mind's just as fluctuating and faulty as Ash's. And naturally, once Ikra turns Ash down, why not go to the man that Ikra was pointing out? Well, actually, you seem to be having a good time with Peter anyway. Well, you know what? Let's go and have a good time with Peter because clearly she really did love Ikra that much that she can go on an all-night bender, as he put it, with him. All I'm going to say about Peter, all I'm going to say about this new Peter. I refuse to call him Peter Beale. This new Peter. He is like a vulture or a ghoul who's come over to pick at the rotten carcass of Ash's relationship. The minute he knew that that was over, he was like, let's go on a date. Let's go out. Let's go out. And then as soon as like she's been turned down a second time, it's like, right, well, guess what? She's boring anyway. Let's go partying. It's like, get a flipping grip and get some self-respect, Peter. Stop pouring over people who aren't available. Yeah, like, this, I, I agree, I'm not calling him Peter Beale because this is just a different Peter. Yeah. Entirely, because this Peter goes after any woman who is in a relationship or in a one that, you know, where they're having a bit of a, a rough patch. Yeah. And rather than, you know help them say it through or just be let's lend an ear or a shoulder to cry on no 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 he's there and he's like dump them come out with me or he just goes and takes them straight home he literally looks for someone who's breaking up with someone or just broken up with someone anyone vulnerable just to sleep with them which is disgusting it's kind of like it gives peter beale this this peter this Peter, this new Peter, it gives him like these misogynistic vibes and I don't like it. I'm not here for it. He's like always there when a woman's at her most vulnerable or at her most down moment. 
and it instantly is trying to better. It's creepy. It's predatory, and I'm not here for it. We do not, we do not agree with this attitude. Do not. And, uh, you know, Ash being, well, you know, hardworking, dedicated, loyal, um, strong in her moral convictions. She decides, Pia's right. I best not try and, you know, win Ikra back by any means necessary. Let's go get, you know, a few shots down with. Let's go party with the man who she already dislikes us hanging around with. Well, I wonder why she didn't take it back, Ash. Could it be that five seconds after, like, basically denying that anything's going on between you and Peter, that you love her, you'll do anything for her, you choose her, all that nonsense. You're out in the pub feeling sorry for yourself, then go on a booze up with Peter Beale. I did notice that when they came back at whatever time that was, because Peter yeah. was like, should we go for another one? I was like, Peter, it's it's light outside. And Max was just yeah, saying he was like heading eight. over to Phil's. So I don't know what time it is. Because um, <laughs> he's clearly been up a while and had his breakfast. And <laughs> <laughs> I love the way I was trying to work. <laughs> well, it's Max o'clock time. He's clearly had his breakfast. <laughs> I've got my X Factor calendar and my Max o'clock, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's how I work. Time That's and day. Work at the, the convoluted time of EastEnders. Time is only in Max Brannan's and calendars are only in X Factor winners. Sadly, time is an illusion, Emma. Time is an illusion. Perception is not. <laughs> so they had masks. Did you see them in their hands? They weren't wearing them, yeah. obviously. They were just in... very odd because no nightclubs open. Yeah, so why? <laughs> just being... Why are they like? Why are they doing this like one foot in one, one foot in the other kind of system where it's like, we sort of are seeing that COVID exists, hence why we have the masks. But on the other hand, we don't want to have any of the sort of regulations that go with COVID. It's very odd. I love it because it's like, what did they do? Did they wear a mask just for the public transport, but they went in a full club of people and just... yeah. Made They're that. one of them influencers who go like <laughs> private islands and stuff, aren't they? They're jetting off to Dubai. It was necessary. It was necessary. We had to go. Um, you know, we brought joy to people. I mean, our, my other theory was that actually they didn't go for like a night out, night out, you know, in clubs. They just bought loads of booze from a shop and just drank on the streets. <laughs> like just went around London drinking, like in all these different places, like outside of the bars and stuff. Where they could have went, instead they just go outside and they take a picture yeah. like, when it's open again. Yeah, when, when it's open, we'll be here. Shot, Un- shot, shot. Until then, <laughs> shots outside. Yeah, they're just drinking on the street. <laughs> hashtag loving life, hashtag living the dream, hashtag memories are perfect. <laughs> you were going to say that one. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag memories are perfect. Oh. No. Rubies, that's Rubies. True. She has, she has copyright on that. Uh, currently, Rubies is hashtag weighing in a bucket. <laughs> Living the dream, weighing in a bucket. <laughs> <laughs> so, as they creep out of the. I mean, we've all been there. We've all felt that rough. That we've all been there, Ash. We all know that feeling, the groggy, oh God. I don't know how I'm going to survive this feeling. And, uh, well, Peter offers her uh, 
his pillow, his his bed, his body, coffee maybe even. You know, just let's keep this party going. Peter, you literally are deplorable at this point. She's drunk, exhausted, and you're trying to get her into the sack. I think that's a different level of manipulation there. I think that's very ominous. Mm. But Ash, being such a loyal, loving girlfriend to Ikra, she she says, no, she can't. She loves someone else. But she'll go back to Peter as if uh, he runs around the square naked. Ash, will you make your mind up on who you are? Because I'm just struggling to keep up. I'm getting old, love. I can't, I can't keep up. My mind can't f- flex back and forward like hers. So what does Peter go and do? Well, he makes himself a cape. <laughs> it was very weird, that. <laughs> I wish you'd also gone as face. It's like, yeah, it was. It was like an instant. <laughs> what? What moment? Like, I was... I was confused because he basically steals the cape off of a stall. Yeah, and isn't like, this like indecent exposure? He's just... That is what I wrote because it is. It's yeah. indecent exposure. Looks like jail's off the cards, but karma, karma is coming for Peter. And karma has decided to commit a littering offence and leave a big bag of blue, I don't know what, mm. on the street. Just as Peter's running around naked. I mean, by the way, Everything was said about that boy. He's still fine. Like, oh, I'm yes. still here. <laughs> I'm not going to deny that. Like, when he stripped off, I was thinking. <laughs> I love that we were like, how dare he run around <laughs> the square naked? But thank you also. <laughs> yes, also thank you. I would have definitely kept those like shorts on whatever he threw at Stacey. You know, when he's like, oh, he's the middle. I would have been her. I would have been like that. I would have been like, I'll just have these there. Yeah, yeah, I'll keep excuse for him to come around mine <laughs> I feel like that's where he's got all of Linda's things yeah. <laughs> Peter's not oh, in Peter, it you don't you seem to have left your trousers with me <laughs> and he's very confused by that like how I've never been here before so naturally as I said karma's been a, a little bit of a sneaky B-I-T-C-H and left a big bag of rubbish Right in the middle of Peter's path. And what happens? Well, he falls like a sack of potatoes, doesn't he? I've never seen someone hit that hit a floor as hard as he did. He literally just goes... <laughs> <laughs> See, he hits that plastic bag and literally flies. I love it as well because then Ash is like, Peter! And like rushes over, drags him into the, into the Beale's house. Bobby, meanwhile... <laughs> Who clearly struggles with stress and moments like this? It's like one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five, and Ash isn't seeing anything. She's just like, he could have concussion. Oh my god, he's got concussion. The best bit for Bobby. This it was fantastic when he goes, he's nude and he's concussed. Yeah. <laughs> what is he? What have you done to my brother? <laughs> and the fact that Bobby does not ship Ash and Peter at all. He's like. No, you shouldn't be together. Oh, yeah, I love that he, he hates it. I love when he says to when he said to um to Peter that he's trying to take advantage. I was like, love that Bobby is like now a twenties voice of reason. Yes. <laughs> and who could have seen that coming? The murderer of Lucy has more sense, more sense than half of the square. <laughs> we're, we're with Kathy now. Hashtag Team Bobby. <laughs> yeah, 
Well, hashtag Team Bobby now. He might have killed that twin, but he's trying. He's trying. He's, he's trying, trying Emma. <laughs> and so Peter ends up in hospital with a neck brace on. I'm so confused by that. <laughs> George, you know where she's got the massive head, the head thing, the huge thing on her head. And you know what? Fine fact, by next week it'll be gone like nothing happens. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Maybe he's just wearing that to get sympathy from Ash. I love the next bit when he's like, "What? Well, you just need to give us a chance. You could be." I love how he's on death's door, by the way, when he's saying this. It's like, honestly, his own father had brain damage. And, like, it was not this bad. But I was like, please, Ash, the light's fading. The light's fading. I could hear music. Bright eyes. They're calling us. They're calling us to the light. I love it because he's like, please, you need to give us a chance. You know. You don't know what it's. He's only doing this because Bobby and Ian have been getting so much attention recently <laughs> that he's just like, well, if I pretend that the light is fading and this is my yeah. last few hours, Ash Maybe will... Grandma Kathy will like us again. <laughs> Grandma Kathy will love me and Ash will do what Sharon done for Ian and yeah. marry me. <laughs> Poison him. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know if she does inject him. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love this next bit because he's like, you don't know what it's like to be wined and dined by Peter Beale. I was like, well, cheap, because you don't have any employment. And also his dad's not there to give him any money. Exactly. It, it'll be Kathy who's giving him the allowance. And let's be real, she's not exactly a big Peter fan at the minute. So she's probably giving him like a pound a day. So Ash is stood there. This nurse is doing nothing, by the way. She's nothing. like, yeah, yeah. We're rushed off with feet today. <laughs> she's just toddling around. And the best thing about it is, she just wanders off. Ash in her pyjamas and hungover is then coerced by Peter to inject him with God knows what is on that table. Yes, okay, Ash is a doctor, but she is also half cut at this point. So I wouldn't exactly trust her judgment on measurements. She's going to give him a flip morphine over toast. She decides. She'll give in to Peter's demands. She will play doctors and nurses with him. Gets her syringe out, doesn't she, Emma? And she injects him. <gasps> well, well, another nurse comes by, or a doctor, I'm not quite sure, because she doesn't actually introduce herself. Um, <laughs> she just comes straight through the door. Got no idea who she is extremely aggressive whoever she is she <laughs> so was very angry before she even got there she, she just what are you doing yeah she did she just hates ash <laughs> yeah she does <is. laughs> 
She's been waiting for this moment. She? <laughs> she left that syringe out for a test. <laughs> I think she's been doing it for so long because Ash wasn't at work for a very long time. We never saw her there. And, and she's like, right, I'm going to take is- this girl down. And this is our moment. This is her moment. <laughs> this is her perfect moment. Moment with Ash. <laughs> I just love it because she, she just goes to Ash. Ash's like, no, wait, I'm sorry. And she just goes, you need to go now. It's like, God, Jesus. She's terrifying, isn't she? In the words of the parish council, does she um, have any authority to uh, actually sack Ash? Because I don't think, I think she has no authority. No. She doesn't have that authority. She has no authority here, Jackie Weaver. No authority whatsoever. She needs to read the standard orders. Read them and understand them! (laughs) 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 Well, it's the day made ever prophesied. It's Ikra versus Ruby. I feel like it's like Kong versus Godzilla moment, this, isn't it? (laughs) Where you just see him, like, rise out of the water. Like, it's like that, isn't it? You just see Ikra on the horizon. She's just like, I'm going to take her down. And me and you are behind going, Ikra, Ikra. <laughs> well, we're also going, free the Jaguar! <laughs> I've got my shirt on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not enough people are, after, are trying to free that Jaguar. Bet you if we've got the Tiger King on board or Carol Baskins, she would she would try and free that Jaguar. Probably. Before we have Ikra versus Ruby, we have Ikra talking to Martin. And she's just prying a little. Just a smidge, isn't she, Just a little. Connor, will you stay out of their marriage? <laughs> Literally, it is now Ruby's trademark line. <laughs> <laughs> you stay out of my marriage! That's a new catchphrase. Stay out of my marriage. Because she just likes to remind people we're married, you know. We're married. Yeah. She's very much in love. That's why she has to lie, connive, <laughs> have kids kidnapped. And, you know, she has to do all these things. She has to do all these things because she's in love. That's what love's about. Love's about having your friend beaten up. It's about, you know, pretending, pretending you're pregnant. You know what I love about the way Ikra says, oh, no, Ruby this morning. She has noticed what me and you noticed, that everywhere Martin is, Ruby pops up or she's there following him. You never see him outside of, like, Ruby these days. Ruby's house, wherever Ruby is, Ruby's club. It's just, every, his whole life's now just Ruby. How is he happy like that? Nah, I can't be. You can't be. Like, I know later on in the week, it's like, I just don't want to lose it all again. And it's like, Martin, you what You have already have? lost everything. You've lost it all. You're a captive in a relationship and in a house. Like, there's, you, it's like you say about, he's never anywhere without Ruby. And Stacey's not going to want her kids around Ruby. Yeah, come on. So he's only see he's only going to see them. He's only going to see them when she's not around. I love that Ikra, like, just tenderly kind of asks about Ruby and stuff. Finds out that she's pregnant and thinks, "That's it. That's the moment." <laughs> also, what what's it with Martin going around everyone? I'm not supposed to tell anyone. I don't love that. But Ruby's pregnant. She's pregnant. Don't tell anyone. I should have taught you. <laughs> How many people has he now said that to? Everyone. <laughs> everyone. He's worse than Max or Linda. They can't keep a secret to save their life. No. 
So Ikra decides to do a ruby and follows Martin and Ruby around the entire square. <laughs> Just the three of us. <laughs> we can make we can it, make if, it we if we try. Just the three of us. You, me, and I. (laughs) (laughs) I love it because she just stays there, right? Watching them in the Vic for ages. Then when they get up, she's like, must be nice. Must be nicer. You know, not, not worrying about not being able to trust. Trust the person you're with. Things like that. I love when they drop little lines like that in his sentence. You know, when they're like, they're, they're not, they're being really passive aggressive. I love a good passive aggressive moment in his standards because it's like, she knows, she knows she's coming for you. She's coming. Like a great white shark is coming for you. It's the way Martin as well was like having no sympathy when she was saying like Habiba and Jags were going to be having a baby because he, how can that man genuinely believe Jags of all people smashed him over the head? What was his like goal? Like, what was Jax's goal? And what would Ikra's goal be? Lying? Exactly. Ikra doesn't <laughs> lie. She's upfront, honest. Like, there's never been a moment in Ikra's life that I've said she's lying or that she could be seen as a liar. And what would she gain from going over to Martin and saying anything? <laughs> exactly. Oh, she just suddenly hates Ruby. No, she's not friends. An issue there. She's not friends with Ruby. She's never been friends with Martin, so you know. Yeah, what she have to gain? Yeah, I love it as well because she's like going on, and then like you say, Martin's got zero sympathy, zero sympathy. Not for Jags. You don't need to have sympathy for him if you think he's guilty, mm-hmm. even though we think it's ridiculous that you do think that. Like, but Habiba. What about Habiba? God, honestly, my blood pressure every time I go on Ruby. <laughs> I know, I'm literally, I get so angry and a bit too involved. I can't understand why Martin doesn't believe it around this moment. And then that sneaky, conniving little witch comes over and she's like, you know, says her favourite line. <laughs> you keep out of my business. You keep out of my marriage, right? It's like, shut up. If you know what's good for you. Shut up, man. Who are you? You flipping Johnny Allen wannabe. <laughs> if you were Johnny Allen, Johnny Allen would have had her killed by now. You're nothing. You're least, nothing. Yeah, exactly. At least when Johnny Allen done stuff, it actually worked out. All of hers are backfiring on her. She's like um, one of those like cliche cartoon villains mm. who every time they think they're going to like get away with something, they get caught. You know, like Scooby Doo style. Yeah. Damn those kids! <laughs> if it wasn't for those meddling kids, like that's what's like. But anyway, Ikra doesn't scare easy, does she ever? That just fuels her, doesn't it? She's like, right, that is it. <laughs> I live for this Ikra where she's just like, I'm going to tell my truth and I'm going to destroy your marriage. I just love it. <laughs> it just brought such a smile to my to my face. I'm so proud the, of her. I'm so proud. Yeah, me too. Me too. Me too. She's trying to free that jaguar. She's, she's actually ruined loads of people's lives and thinks that she can just get away with it. I love when she's like, I don't know what you're trying to say. I don't know what you're trying to do. Shut up. Why are you lying? And really... Everyone see you. Everyone sees <laughs> what you are. Ikra tells Martin the truth. Martin looks a bit flabbergasted, says that you must have got it wrong, that, you know, he didn't find any balaclavas in Ruby's washing, essentially. But it has sown the seeds of doubt into Martin's mind. Yeah, he's ignoring 
all of our calls, all of our texts. He's avoiding that. He's not even going around to the club when he should be at work. Did you see her face as well, like her panic? That shows how obsessive she is with him. Mm-hmm. She was like, he's not calling us back. He's not. I've sent him 500 texts. Why hasn't he answered any of them? That's that's a toxic relationship, that. Uh-huh, it is. And that's what I really don't like. And then he goes to Kush and he's, who is feeling very awkward because he knows for a fine fact about Ruby. But he's like, well, go and ask her. <laughs> I do not understand Kush protecting, like, because I know later on he gets asked the same thing. Why is he protecting her? And he's like, I'm not. I'm trying to protect Martin and, you know, not destroy his life. Kush, at this moment in time, Martin hasn't said anything. So you could have actually had the moment to tell. I love Kush. I mean, I'm a worship that man. But what was he thinking? Not just coming clean to Martin. Surely just saying, it is ruining his life by not telling yes. him because it's just going to get a whole lot worse. And then when he does find out, you've ruined a lot of relationships there because who's Martin going to start trusting? And Exactly. It he's not going to thank you for lying to him. He's went, do you think she would do this? And rather than say something, he's just like, no, I just ask. It's like, Kush. That's your perfect your moment to in say a something. situation. That, like, you were literally given that moment there to go, actually, tell you what else. Isn't it funny that so many women become obsessed with Martin Fowler? Like, think back, like, Sarah was obsessed with him to the point where she almost killed him. Like, Ruby's now obsessed to, with him to the point where she's, like, she's faking pregnancy, she's having hits taken out on people. Like, it's crazy, isn't it? Mm. But, like, also, if she's capable of all these things that Kush knows that she's capable of, like, that's dangerous. Imagine when she eventually gets rejected by Martin. I mean, I just think what what was going wrong in Kush's like I know Kush has not exactly made the best decisions the past few few months but surely he in his mind knew at this moment that his friendship with Martin and Martin's life in general and like his happiness is all at risk if he doesn't tell the truth but then just didn't tell the truth (laughs) (laughs) and instead lets Martin believe that Ruby's good and that and then naturally Instead of just talking to Martin like an adult, he goes to Stacey <laughs> to tell her what he knows. And Stacey's naturally like, well, we're going to have to confront her. Yeah, and he's like, no. What do you mean, no? <laughs> just said that she paid for you to kidnap a child. Like, how did he think Stacey was going to react when he was saying <laughs> all this? Like, oh, does that happen? Oh, Okay. I'll just get yeah, back to like, what I was oh, doing. I know that's bad, but let's let her off. Stacey's the only one here with any common sense. She's like, right, we'll confront her. She's capable of a lot of things. She's probably lying about being pregnant. Yes, exactly, Stacey. She's capable of anything at this point. Anything. She has sent dirty dead rats through this, the Slater's door, knowing full well that there are children in that house. She has had the mother of Martin's kids beaten up, which, by the way, could have went horribly wrong and resulted in her death. Like, just because she didn't die um, doesn't mean that that wasn't, you know, impactful in any way. Like, come on, she's capable of anything. Martin finally turns up in that scarf again. Oh, my God. Yeah. Why? It's not that cold, Martin. Take that off. <laughs> you know, like, where they wear, like, odd clothes and stuff, like, in combination. Yes. That's what it's like. I expect him to turn up in the TARDIS. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Ruby's like, um, well, she wants him 
and she wants him now. She wants that husband, wife moment. And get the pure and porn on. (laughs) (laughs) He says that, well, he's got work to do. And she went, oh my God, this infuriated me. She went, you work for me. As Martin says, as Martin says, quite rightly, that's not an East job description. It's dark and creepy. I don't like the way it makes us feel. It's really odd. It's a very strange power dynamic. Me mm-hmm. and I talk about power dynamics and how important they are in relationships on this square. And like how if the power dynamic's off, like it's flipping weird. And that's what it's like here. I hate the way she treats him like she owns him. Yes. It's a bit like the way Billy treats Honey and like how exactly. he owns her. Because she's like, you work for me. Then she, So she's got him at work. She's housing him. She's keeping him from seeing certain people and like if he goes off towards Stacey she'll find a way to be like but me what about me yeah I don't know what's happened to Ruby because it's really dark twisted and strange where she's going with this whole like it's like you say she currently houses Martin she gave him a job and she also married him Mm -hmm. she's his only social outlet He never is really seen as kids anymore. And now she's trying to get pregnant and make sure that he stays with her because of the baby. Yeah, very, very dark. Like, it's not the same as, obviously, Grey and his abuse. But it has elements of that kind of oppressive nature. It's really, really dark, really inappropriate. And she's just... Freaking us out a bit. She's making me skin crawl. Mm. In the immortal words of his mother, Pauline Fowler, you make my flesh creep. <laughs> Stacey has a plan. She's on to Ruby and she's going to take her down. And Kush agrees to go meet them later for the plan. Yay! Don't care about Kush's Because <laughs> he basically goes there, says about five things, like, all together, and then that's it. And he's like, I can't be around this. <laughs> Why are you here then? <laughs> are you the new head of security? <laughs> so she's gone with this, like, um, intent to make amends and, like, sit down and do some chats about what it's like to be pregnant and I, I think the way Stacey walked in and said all the stuff she came across as quite genuine yeah and like obviously we know what our intentions were but yeah, she, of course. <laughs> in, in terms of conversation where she's like and you'll get dehydrated and uh, all this and Ruby's so dismissive she's like I know I've read the books yeah I know and then she has the goal to then sit there I do feel sorry for us sometimes and then other times I'm like yeah, but Ruby, most of this is all by your own doing. Like, you have sabotaged yourself. Like, she goes to Stacey, doesn't she? She's like, you've got everything. Sorry, Stacey's got everything. No, I think she's struggled to get what she has. It's the way she just blatantly lies in front of Kush as well. Like, I gave her money, I didn't tell him to take off her. And Kush is like, she's lying. It's a lie. Yeah, it's compulsive. She's a compulsive liar at the minute. It's really weird. Don't like it. Like, is she able to, like... Because we never... We see her struggle, but we never see her, like, sit and cry or anything to herself. Like, how does she live with herself? Like, like the only bit where when she was crying, when she was crying, 
She felt like because she was lying in front of them and she'd been caught and she didn't know what to do. It was that kind of cry. It wasn't that, oh. Yeah, it was a know. defensive cry. It yeah. wasn't like a, a it wasn't guilty like, cry. I've done bad things. Oh, yeah. It was, oh my God, I'm guilty and I've been caught. It's important that like, even if you do something wrong, that you can own it and like say, listen, I was wrong to do that. She can't even accept any level of responsibility. It's always someone else's fault. It's always someone else's fault. And she is hell-bent on protecting her marriage by any means necessary. Even, even taking a pregnancy test when she is not 100% sure that she is pregnant. I mean, that takes a different level of lying. <laughs> that is like some... Uh, it's a good job that that came through positive because if it hadn't... <laughs> if it hadn't, that would have been some front, wouldn't it? <laughs> Slippery weed on a stick to prove that she's not lying, even though she's lying. <laughs> I couldn't get my head around that. It's crazy, isn't it? I love the way Stacey wouldn't leave and was like, give her the bin. <laughs> I love that. What all, all of this week, right? I think all of it perfectly culminated in the greatest, single greatest moment in EastEnders history. Stacey made Ruby pay in a bin in her <laughs> office. That is literally the best thing I've ever ever seen i'm confused has she not been taking them at all because yeah. we find out next week she's seven weeks and she's been lying for 12 of those weeks <laughs> so how long has she not even realized <laughs> that she's actually been pregnant yes Julie, she's never bothered. if you're gonna be lying about it you would need to be checking yeah be professional be professional like sorry she went to sharon for advice shouldn't she <laughs> but I've got a theory. All right. What I think's going to happen is Ruby's going to go and get this test. And obviously, we know that she's said she's about 12 weeks and she's obviously not. And she's going to find out she's seven. We've seen that from the spoilers. And when this goes out, it'll have been aired. So it's fine. <laughs> I have not spoiled anything for those <laughs> who have not seen. And um, what I think is going to happen is we see that her and Stacey have a big argument, but before the argument, Ruby has to c- contact the doctors because she's bleeding a lot. So I think she'll have lost the baby. Then at really then a later date, she's going to blame it on Stacey in the argument, <gasps> and then that'll be what drives Stacey out of Walford. That's what I think. Oh, I never even thought about that. That's really, really dark. Dun, dun. It's a brand new day on the square. Sharon's got the Vic. She's got her annulment. She's living the dream. Hashtag memories are perfect. (laughs) And she goes around to Phil's just to say, you know, thanks for supporting her. Thanks for getting her through these hard times. And they were hard times. She had to try and poison a man. She had to try and pretend to marry him. Like, you know, those are hard things to do. (laughs) Hard things to do. And you know, when that happens, you've got to go and celebrate. You do. I mean, when she said, do you want to go on a date? I was thinking, Phil, just don't go back to hers. Like, don't take, <laughs> don't, don't take any drinks or food off hers. Never trust Sharon again with, with, a, with a spoon, would you? Like, <laughs> don't always think. Want a cup of tea, Phil? Yeah, can you imagine? Make a nice cup, I don't know. <laughs> just sitting there watching Phil. Oh, I've got my famous carbonara for us tonight, Phil. <laughs> Loved it. He moved <laughs> down the floor. Oh, I mean, that must have been good stuff. That must have been. I mean, I never knew Carbonara could look any more repulsive, and then Ian did that. 
I just love it because, like, Phil, like, and her, they're not, listen, I'm not an end gamer kind of person. I'm not, like, Sharon and Phil are the end game to me. I always have a place in my heart for Sharon and Dennis. Oh, yeah. Um, it was so wrong, but it was so right. That man was fine. <laughs> but I'm still there is a, there's still a spark. There's still a spark between Phil and Sharon. There always will be. I mean, one minute they were <laughs> looking at each other, the next they were ripping each other's clothes off. <laughs> It's the greatest line in history. <laughs> no, Phil. Phil seems to still have something there for her. Don't know what it is. There is something there. And she certainly has she has feelings for Phil. She always has. So he asked her out and it was like, ooh. Phil can't decide because... No, we can't. Well, does he go with the woman he helped poison Ian Beale with? I mean, that's a... That's that's something special there. Oh, he's very tempted when he's speaking to Cat. So could he go with the woman that he robbed a, a business with? I mean, both amazing both <laughs> couples. Both amazing crimes. Both amazing crimes. But which one will steal his heart? I'm getting, that is the question. Getting Bonnie and Clyde vibes from both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine there, Valentine's, couldn't you? Roses are red. I did a heist with you. Be my Valentine. And I promise I'll never kill you. Like, something like that. Roses are red. Violets are blue. This Valentine's Day, I won't poison you. (laughs) Roses are red. Violets are blue. I love a heist. And I know you love one too. <laughs> you just sent the card saying, We might have stolen a lot of money together, but you stole my heart to cat. <laughs> we robbed the business, but you kidnapped my heart. Like, something like that. I could just say that as a card. What I love as well is that Phil's, like, you know, debacle with cat or Sharon is all centered around this one moment where Phil's like, Oh, you've got a motor that I've got to fix. Cut to Phil fiddling, right, with the most ancient corroded engine I have ever seen. I mean, I'm not a car man, but come on, that thing was rusted. Rusted to it in an inch of its life. That's dead, Phil. That's fossilized. <laughs> and he's like, just hand us that wrench. <laughs> so he's going to fix it all together. So whilst he's fiddling with his engine, oh, 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 oh. who should come in? Who should come in just at that moment as he's fiddling with something? It's only cat. And may I say she's looking rather saucy. There was a lot of flirting there. I don't think she really needed a card on at all. No. No, I think not. Especially when she's uh, when she hears Ben go, I just want you to be with someone that's good for you. And she's like, Who wants someone that's good for you? I was like, Cat, you little minx, honestly. And right here, I think it's a perfect time to post a little throwback. You might remember. At the end of last year, we had a little conversation about a possible cat and Phil romance. And here is what we had to say. We even give them the nickname Hashtag Fat. Does anyone else tell me if I'm crazy, right? Tell me if I'm crazy, because I know I ship everyone. He does. I know I ship everyone. (laughs) But sometimes I get them right. 
you know, I said that there could have been a thing between Karat and Stacey. And me and Emma were right. Yes, we there were. Was, we didn't even record a... that bit and that's the most annoying part. We were finally, finally right about something. And when did we say it? We said it after we recorded. I know. Of course I know. we did. It's so annoying. <laughs> and, but we have gotten some other things right. Raymond came back. Yeah. Ruby went dark. Yeah. Martin's not Martin. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's some, some things we do get right. And I feel like this moment, right, I was watching Kat, like, have a bit of a joke with Phil and him having a bit of a joke with her. And then she said something about, like, you know, Sharon leaving and this idea that without a woman, Phil's, like, useless. And we all know Kush is leaving. Kush is leaving. Phil is obviously not going to get with Denise. The only person left is Kat. They are quite the comedy duo. Hashtag kill. Oh, <laughs> that is everything. Hashtag, oh my God, hashtag it would be, fat. It would be hashtag fat. It would be hashtag I kill. I love it. Or hashtag fat. I mean, they're just... I love that. Because it's also like the cool version of fat, isn't it? Yeah. It's like the PH version. Like the cool yeah. version. <laughs> so yes, we got that right. Hashtag fat is on. It is on. And I am loving it. I am loving it. Because it's like I said... Who wants someone who's good for you? Sometimes we want things that are bad for you. We all know we shouldn't eat McDonald's, that that stuff will kill with. We still eat it, though, don't we? We still have those chicken nuggets, don't we? Oh, I really, really want... (laughs) (laughs) I really want a McDonald's now, you know. I know. Me too, actually. I haven't had one in ages. Have you not? No. You can use Uber Eats now, you know. Use Uber Eats. I can. Phil and Kat have been with lots of different people on the square. Yeah. It was inevitable at some point they were going to get together. And It's surprising that they didn't sooner. Let's be real. Every man she's been with, and this includes Alfie, who we adore, by the way. We are very big Calfie fans. But let's be real. He also mistreated her. He set a house on fire with her in it, scarring her face. And yes, the scars didn't last very long, but that doesn't... That doesn't defeat the point. Why would Derek Brannan? Why wouldn't you go with Phil Mitchell? Phil's flawed, yes. But so is everyone on the square and so is everyone who Kat's ever been with. She certainly has a type and that is Phil Mitchell. And also, she might bring out the softer side of Phil. We don't know. This is very early days. She, at this point in her life, do you not think Kat deserves a bit more security? A bit more like someone who will not you know, put, like somebody could look after her. Because I think Phil could look after her. He could certainly look after her if she, you know, financially, but also emotionally. He's an abuse victim himself. As a child, he was physically abused relentlessly by his father. He used to take jump cables to him. Like, you know, maybe that's what they have in common. Maybe that's where they're both very hardened people. And I'm going to be like gatekeeper here, I'm going to be the gatekeeper here and defend these to the hilt. <laughs> they both had trauma in their life and they've both made bad choices, bad decisions. Maybe that's what they have in common. Maybe that's why they've turned to each other. They're both quite funny characters as well as um, very serious characters and they yeah. play both roles very well. And when they're together, I find them... Like, quite light relief. It's quite funny. And that, yeah, they have good comedic chemistry. Yeah, like definitely. just even little things like the way Phil ran down the stairs smiling the other day. It was just quite yeah, funny. No, I'd love, like, it's also, they have so much in common. They both put on very hardened fronts for very broken and vulnerable interiors. Do you know what I mean? Like, on the inside, 
Phil is quite soft-hearted in a, in a lot of ways. Sharon broke his heart and he was devastated. Like, full-on devastated. Like, his mom died. He was in an absolute state of inconsolable grief. Like, he's not this, like, big bad. And it's the same with Kat. She puts on this very hard in front, but inside she just wants to be loved and find that, that man in the moon for her. We've got this series out of the way, guys. Let's go back to what we love about Hashtag fat. And that has taken us to a great moment where Sharon has arranged her date with Phil. Phil's kind of conflicted because he's sort of given Kat a car and doesn't quite know why. (laughs) He decides he can't go through with it after all. And just as he decides that, who should be waiting in the shadows? (laughs) And all she wants is a good foot spa. I love that moment where she's like, I love when Ben was like, listen, we've got bigger problems than your trotters. I was like, I don't let me call her feet trotters. She and her little trotters are worn down, knackered, knackered. Because that car, that motor that Phil gave her, well, disgusting. Broke down before Dagenham. She couldn't even get that foot spa. Couldn't even get that foot spa. He showed her all the courtesy, all the courtesy of a pound shop gentleman. And she wants a refund. Which, by the way, this is the greatest porno line ever. <laughs> like, I never once saw this coming. Like, you know, like, Ruby has her husband, husband. wife. Cat's like, I want a refund <laughs> for my foot spa. Love how long it takes Phil to get the message as well. Because he's like... <laughs> For a call that I lent you that was free. Like, <laughs> no, Phil, she's trying to seduce you. How It's like a teenage boy or something at this moment. He's like, what do you mean, Mrs. Robinson? Are you trying to seduce me? <laughs> I can't tell if, like, they'd already got together in some sort of way beforehand because it felt like it wasn't the first time that they'd had, like, this kind of exchange. yeah. Like, I when she like, came to get the car, like, earlier in the day and the way he was, like, talking back to her, maybe, I felt... Maybe it's because they've always had that chemistry yeah. kind of brewing. Yeah, on the horizon almost. Like, this was inevitable even, like, that it's coming. Yeah. And even hate you. I just I just love this woman. I want a refund. <laughs> and she goes, say this, doesn't she? She goes, say this, and I let my print, which is just everything, for the foot spa. I mean... <laughs> That's everything. Cat knows how to seduce a man, doesn't she? Well, my favourite part came next. And that was when Sharon goes to knock on the archer's door and Phil's there. And he says the reason he couldn't go through with with it, even though he promised like to go on this date and she felt there was a chance we could get back together. He just couldn't because of Keanu. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. And you, and you, and you, as soon as he said that, I was like, Emma will lose her mind when she hears that. I was like, yeah. No, we're moms in everyone. Oh, God, good times. Do you remember that? I was remember like, that? you said it. I said I only wanted to hear him say it one last time. And if that was one last time, the fact I wasn't expecting it just made it perfect. 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 What a dream for you, Emma. I just love it because he's like, you know, after everything, Keanu, Ian, and Sharon's like, but it's all water under the bridge. Under the Thames Bridge or... 
It's a bit like, Karen, it's not water under the bridge, look. It was only a few months back. Like, you were literally in a marriage with the... <laughs> it only got annulled last week. It was only... It's only water under the bridge. I mean, come on, it was only last week. Why, why <laughs> hold on to the past? Why are you hold... Sharon, give it about two or three years. Maybe then you'll come back round. You like, know what I love that? a few months. One of the blames that he had was obviously Ian and being her being married to Ian. But he knows the whole story behind that because he was helping the whole poison and then all of a sudden he's like no that was a real marriage Sharon (laughs) I felt like Phil struggles with breaking up you know like some people can't break up with people they feel really bad what I did love though is that as a consolation prize (laughs) you know because Phil's such a catch as a consolation (laughs) prize he's going to make sure she gets that thick she keeps that thick I mean it's hers anyway (laughs) legally binding it's hers (laughs) He's been a bit suspicious. He's behind the door, just like popping out. He's got plans. <laughs> uh, so um, Sharon's off and uh, someone steps out that car. You know when you get a bit of secret information that your brother shouldn't have told you and um, it definitely said, do not take this outside of this room and tell anyone else. You know when you decide that maybe you should start hinting to Linda that you know it. Mm. Yeah. Do you normally do that? No, because that would be (laughs) insane. The definition of insanity. That's right, everyone. We're talking about Max. I cannot understand Max's mentality at this moment. Love him. Find his character hilarious. But what is his mentality? He stands there at the beginning of this week, creepy, creeping on flipping Linda from afar, then approaches, makes a joke, a flirty joke so about weird. how her son's shoplifting. Oh yeah, that'll get her into your bed, Max. <laughs> Accusing her son. <laughs> and so this is Max's last week, and he's looking for USB. Now, did he know that Jack had all that information on Phil? I have no idea. I never saw them talk about it. No. But I do also love how... Easy Jack has just fitted into the corrupt copper rule again. <laughs> He's got that dodgy DI's USB hidden somewhere in the house to blackmail Phil. He's told secret information to Max that could definitely ruin a case. Like, I just love it. And like, Max is wandering around everywhere for this USB that he suddenly remembers. Do you and know like- what I thought he was doing at first? I thought he was trying to find something of Linda's that she's left behind so that he could bring it around again. I le- legit thought that's where he was going with that. I thought, if he pulls out a flim drone from Ollie to try and get her over here, that's something else. Um, Linda, Let it go, Max. Remember you left uh, this yeah. sock? This sock. Yeah. Remember you left this coffee cup that you dr- dropped in a bin and I picked up and brought home. Remember? <laughs> <laughs> so like Max is running around for this USB or what Connor thought was something of Linda's <laughs> the camera was like going all over the place I was, yeah it was giving me whiplash I was, was it starting you? to feel a bit sick <laughs> <laughs> and he finds the USB after staring at a photo of Ricky and Amy <laughs> and he's like ah that's where it'll be. Naturally. That is the last glimpse we see of Ricky again. Yeah, never seen again. Back to the whole of non-existence for you. <laughs> Bye, so, Ricky. 
<laughs> Bye, Ricky. Back to the drug smuggling school or wherever <laughs> you hang out when you're not on screen. Well, that's where um, K-Lab works. Oh, uh, yeah, true. Yeah. That's where K-Lab, that's where K-Lab work, works. We found that out. Yeah. I just love that um, they, this entire week of Max, it's like such a funny, mad, and dramatic week for Max. <laughs> what an ending for such an iconic character, by the way. He goes over after finding this USB to a known gangster and villain and threatens him with it. What could ever go wrong, Max? <laughs> Max can handle himself in a fight. I'm not sure he can handle himself against the forces of a gangster. Like, that's like John Wick level. And I don't think he's John Wick. I can't imagine him going around, like, you know, snapping people's necks and, like, you know, using, like, pens to kill people. Like, I just can't imagine that. <laughs> And yeah, he does, for some re- weird reason, think that he can take on Phil Mitchell. You know when he was looking at the USB, right? And um, yeah. Jack walks in and he moves it so suspiciously, yeah. like he's doing something he shouldn't. If you look closely at 60-year-old Philip James Mitchell's police report, uh-huh. you will find that they don't record your date of birth on there. No, no, no. They record your data of birth. <laughs> <laughs> Theater of birth. I didn't even spot that. Yes. <laughs> they had <laughs> Philip James Mitchell's data of birth. <laughs> so I don't know if that means something else. I think we're going to have to investigate it. that. I love it. Also, did you adore when he's like, fraud, robbery, looking at a long stretch if this all goes through to Phil I'm like so are you Max because all of this is illegally gathered (laughs) and so is Jack because again it's illegally gathered where's your warrants where's any of the warrants being used to get get any of this information and also they already know all that about Phil (laughs) (laughs) it's not like they've really got anything new other than the Ian stuff but it's not sanctionable. Max doesn't have any proof. He just has his word. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's all just hearsay, illegally gathered information, if it's like the stuff that the DI had Callum doing, because that was not sanctioned from the powers above. That was just his own little weird plot. So there was no warrants. There was no legally binding um, legislature there protecting them. Nothing. That information could not be used in a court of law. Not in this country, love. We have something called a judiciary system. It's, you know, very important. You know, if you're wanting to make a deal with Phil, would you ask for Mick Carter to get the Vic? <laughs> yeah, probably not. I want the Vic, but not in my name. No, no, I don't. I don't need it. We'll give it to Mick. <laughs> like- <laughs> charity. He blackmails for charity. Next week is going to be raising funds for UNICEF. But he has to blackmail Phil to get that. <laughs> I was like, this is the strangest deal of all time. Like, <laughs> I'm going to blackmail you. But not, not for my gain. No, no, no. For Mick to have the Vic. <laughs> <laughs> I just love it. I just find this whole thing is the maddest storyline ever. Where he's like running around trying to get... Phil to help him get the Vic for 
I feel like it's like become like Dottie's moment. You know, around Dottie, where it was like, I want the archers. Oh, yes. I want the archers. And like, and yet she was always asking the wrong person for the archers. <laughs> it's like that with Phil. He's asking the wrong person for the fact Phil doesn't have his name on any of the paperwork. He has none of that. Sharon does. And then for some reason, weirdly, Phil kind of works with Sharon to try and get the Vic off her because if if she doesn't hand the, the Vic over, then he could be looking at a long stretch. But as we said, so would Max. And yeah, all the information they have on record of Phil... I don't even think... They, Phil, we all, like, everyone already knows about There's nothing new to, like, get him caught. Yeah. And anything that's on there is illegally gathered anyway. There's no <laughs> way he would stand up in court. He wouldn't go to jail. They would. They would... Like, Jack would be facing corruption charges. And because Max has also went and told uh, Linda about knowing about Mick, well, uh, Jack's been suspended. Yes, because uh, <laughs> Max has managed to hold his tongue for all of five minutes after getting the information. Then just says, I understand why you did what you did. Uh, I know you, what happened with Mick. Literally, Jack said, the only thing Jack told you to do, don't tell anyone else. You've broken that in five seconds. He's taught Linda, the one person you shouldn't say. And I'm all for Linda. Too right should Linda have reported Jack. Yeah. Jack should be punished for this. Because bear in mind, he comes storming home, feeling sorry for himself, going, do you know what you've done? Do you have any idea what you've done? You've ruined my career. Career has taken me ages to build back up. I was like, yeah, because really, we all know he was just collecting coffees at the beginning of all this. <laughs> but what Jack fails to say in any of this for ages is what his actions, what his actions have done to someone else. He didn't need to look into what was going on in that room. Nope. He did so. He didn't need to um, tell Max. Nope. He did so. Yep. This is all on Jack's shoulders. He has jeopardized an abuse case and broken the confidence of someone who has taken years, years to come forward. That is so disgusting and so vile. He should be. Um, I would. Ha- I'd be seeking prosecution against Jack. But that's doing that. that's the thing, right? Like Jack's obviously feeling sorry for himself and acting like it's all Max's fault. But he went out of his way after seeing Mick to find out the information, then tell, then told Max after, like seeing his brother upset. Yeah. Why did he have to know what was going on in that room? It's none of his business. No, it's none of Jack's he- business. He made it his business. When that police officer said, oh, I'm dealing with an abuse case, he should have went, right, okay, I'll not, I'll not go any further than that then. No, no, what Jack did is he clearly went and found out more information, either by talking to that police officer more, or by going through files, which are confidential. It's the way he goes and apologises to Mick, but he's like, look, you, you could take my word for this, I will not be telling another living soul. And then... If it gives you any comfort, I've been suspended. Well, I don't really think that's going to give him that much comfort. You've yeah. literally told, like, this big thing that he's, he's had to go and, like, relive and tell and that he's been building the courage for to your brother who's now, like, <laughs> going around telling people. And you think that's going to give him some comfort? Just that, because you've been suspended. It took Mick everything he had to con- to confront this and then also to tell someone else 
to tell the police was like a different step for me. It was so difficult. And as, as it is for a lot of survivors of abuse, it's so difficult. And for him to broke any trust Mick has in the police now is completely gone. He's broken that. To, to offend her have broken that, that's like so horrific. So horrific. And then to stand there and go, I won't tell another soul. It doesn't matter. That's irrelevant. Your word is mute, moot now. Your word means nothing. Yeah, Because you've already broken that. You've already told someone. So what's to say you're not going to do that again just because you've yeah. said you're not going to? He's, he's literally broken his lawful duty. And now he's like, but my word, I promise. I promise on my word, I won't tell another soul. It's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. You should be prosecuted. You definitely deserve to be suspended. Max is um, just putting that final nail in the coffin for Jack's career and he's handed over the USB to Phil uh, before getting the Vic because that was the deal. Very clever on Phil's part, very silly on Max's part because he hands it over. Jack, Jack's yeah, furious. All the evidence. Jack's furious now because Phil's got all the evidence. They can't use that against him now. He can go and destroy that and... Just before Max gets out, the good news that Mick's got the Vic back, he punches him in the face. I love it. I love it because how it just shows how vile Max has become at this point because we love him, but like he he's not thinking straight. There's something not right in Max. Um, he's confused, he's depressed, he's... His mind's all over the place. And it, you can see this in this moment. After after the moment in the Vic, Linda goes over to see Max and she lets him know, like, nothing's going to happen between them. And he's like, before I got punched in the face, um, I was going to tell you the good news. I got you the Vic. <laughs> I mean, that is... It's just, like, you can tell Max isn't well at the moment. No, like, he's, he's not. He's literally getting so obsessed with Linda by another Vic he's trying to contact Abby and you know he's not well and he I think he needs to go have some time out in New Zealand yeah with Lauren and um, I think but, he also needs to talk to a like a professional yeah as well. and also I wish I wish that before he went that was all explored I wish we had Max talking to someone really understanding the issues because there was that whole bit a few years ago where after he came out of prison he was self-harming and it mm-hmm. felt like that was overlooked then as well and I just think we should have maybe touched upon all that and all the things that Max has done in his time on the square and how it's affected him and go into that for a bit and yeah you know I think that would have been a good way for him to you know like close a chapter on his life in Walford mm-hmm. and then leave I think that was the big mistake like I feel like it was fine where they left it when Linda dumped him and like he started spiraling, they should have then began to explore men- his mental health, yeah, and not being able to get over the grief of like his losing everything and and let's be real, failing at a lot of things in his life, lots lots of people fail, and Max has never quite confronted that fact that like he has lost pretty much every business he's ever run, lost his family, lost every relationship that he's ever had. And lost loads of his kids to death. You know, these are quite quite serious things. And we never quite got him to deal with all of them or explore them. And that I think that was a bit of a missed opportunity. Um, what I will say is that he 
it, it's like you say, it's clearly unwell. Um, and I think Gene's words rang true in him, even if he didn't, even if in that moment he didn't understand what she was trying to say or, like, didn't accept it. Gene's words to him after he left that Vic, where just before Linda comes to confront him for the final time, Gene said, are you really the man that you dreamt of being when you were a little boy? And that was, like, it's such a moment, because you just think, I think at that point, Max had a moment where he kind of thought, what have I become, kind of thing? Like, how have I reached this point? And naturally, like, he continued down the road of kind of, like, not really addressing that, and instead focusing on what he thinks he wants, what he thinks will make him happy. So he turns back to what he thinks will make him happy. Linda and Abby. Well, you and Linda don't have a future, Max. You don't, even Linda says, like, me and you, we were a blip. I don't feel the same way as you. And still, he doesn't understand that. He still thinks somewhere behind it all, she somehow loves him. And I think he's confusing reality with the past. I think what he's looking for is what he had when he originally came to the square. He had Tanya, he had Abby, he had Lauren, and he had Bradley. Mm. I think he's trying to reform that with Linda, with Abby, with Ollie. Like, he's trying to kind of reconstruct the family that he lost. And Linda, Linda finally finally strikes a line in the sand, doesn't she? She's like, that's it. You will never see me again. I want to wake up tomorrow in a place where you aren't here. I want to be somewhere where Max Brannan isn't. Everyone is like pushing Max out of the door and instead of trying to help him through whatever's going on. And that's what's sad about this situation. Yeah, I, the, even Jack, he knows that he's upset and he's like, right, yeah, take some time out, but like, in a few weeks, like, we'll sort some stuff. Yeah. But, like, he doesn't really help him. And when you think of no, the way Ma- the way Jack's been behaving in the last few weeks, he's been acting like Max is an inconvenience. He's been wanting him to move out and all this. Yeah. And no one's took time to go, like, even Linda there, Max, you're unwell. Was he not, are you not going to help him? Like, yes, then it's like, stay away. Why Why go, get out, I don't want to be, I don't want to be in the same place as you. Like, is no one going to help this man? I'm glad they touched upon all the Bradley stuff this week. Yes. I can't believe it's yeah. been 11 years. I know, God, since that harrowing moment. I loved when Stacey got that little picture out of her purse and she's been carrying that round. Oh my God, that was so sad. This is how good the writers of EastEnders are, right? This is how good they are. Max takes Abby, right? He's leaving, isn't he? He's just going to do a run out of the night. Literally, he's literally walking to New Zealand to see <laughs> Well, that's what Lauren done and she got there all right. Yeah, I mean, she did. She got there all right. She's on crutches as well. <laughs> it's going to take Max a lot less time because uh, <laughs> he's not on crutches. Maybe I that's the thing. Love... Maybe we all just walk to New Zealand now. Maybe we should, yeah. Maybe we should. I love it because Max entered the square with a whole family coming to start afresh. Everyone was upbeat. Everyone was happy. And he came here mostly because Bradley was here and also to treat Tanya to a, to, to a new life since he had cheated on her. And when that went well. See, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's just standard for Max. To see this ending 
where he is about to make another selfish decision and take Abby away. And instead, he sees the face of his son, who, who had brought him to the square, who he'd lost and who he had hurt and ruined his life in a huge way. To see that picture and then change his mind, I just think that was such a powerful moment. And I just, it, as much as I didn't like them dropping it and it falling, yeah. I just, I loved the way it did fall and where it fell because obviously yeah. Bradley fell from the roof of the Vic and you saw that coming down. And I was like, oh my God, that's quite symbolic. And also that it was Stacy who was like the last person Max really spoke to on the yes. square. Stacy was such a huge part of his life. For better or worse, she was impactful. And she's like, the only one who ever looks out for him. Like the yeah. last time when he was going through this kind of spiral, again, she was the only one that looked out for him and was like, Max, you're not, you're not, you're not well. well. And like this time she never really got the chance because he was just off, but she still looked yeah. out for him. She was still checking with him. It's nice that she was there to say goodbye because obviously everyone else who he's ever loved or cared about has gone, has left him. And it was nice to have that one familiar face who doesn't necessarily judge him for all of his flaws. Like, they accept that he's got flaws, but that he can change and they hope that he changes for the better. And I think that's what everyone has to think. And I think that's what's great about the fact that it was Bradley's picture there because it was almost like symbolic again of saying, do the right thing, start again, let Abby have her life here where she's clearly happy. You find what makes you happy. You go somewhere else and find who you wanted to be. That's like, it was just such a great poignant moment. And I just think it was the right way for Max to go. If he had left with Abby, that would have been so bad. Mm. But the fact that he chose to do for probably one of the first times in his life the right thing he chose to sacrifice something that meant everything to him for the happiness of of that person and others it was quite a sad exit wasn't it because he left obviously on his own he looked back on everything i'm so glad he got julia's theme oh yeah definitely if you didn't get that 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 was me i was going to be angry (laughs) it was such an emotional yeah. ending as well like you say like it wasn't like a black cab moment or so you felt that pain because max like i said in total contrast he rocked up on the square with a big noisy family now he leaves it completely alone so max is gone and phil's went round to tell the carters that the vic's theirs and they bearing in mind know why they left <laughs> And no one is working at Walford East anymore and they could have that or they could set up a new business or anyone can get a stall these days on the square because there's always someone popping up from who when they have an idea. No, 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 no. They're going to go back to the Vic. Although we didn't see Sharon actually say that they could have it. So there's still that that doubt there. There's still hope. There's still hope. I just want Mick to open his own eatery or restaurant or something. I want the Carters in a new business. I know that's all we want. We love a new place. We love a new place. Oh, have them run an aquarium. We don't care. <laughs> a zoo. 
or just have him work with Sharon. I don't know, but not have the Vic again. They've literally just left. Linda is an alcoholic and that is why they left. It would be such an injustice to our flipping progression. Dun, 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 dun. Our hero this week is Ikra. <laughs> Yay! I mean, Ikra deserves this this week. She is like one of those characters who people kind of sleep on a bit. They don't quite think she's, you know, that relevant. But she, she brought us the story this week. She destroyed Ruby's little nest of lies. She threw a flipping grenade in there and then walked away like the pro she is. I loved it. Our slapping tin this week goes to Ruby. Well, what a surprise. <laughs> I mean, come on. Did anyone think it was going to be anyone other than her? She continued to lie, threatened Ikra, by the way, disgusting, um, lied again when confronted about what she'd done with Kush and giving him cash to abduct a child, decided to blame it all on Kush, even though that's a complete compulsive lie. Yeah, she deserves a slap and down. Duh. As Ikra is our hero of the week, we will be rating out of Ikras. And we will be given this week four Ikras. Yay! I feel like this week it had almost everything. It just slightly missed the mark Mm. with the Max stuff. Felt like for a character who'd been on the square, only his for so long, only his final episode really felt really beautiful and symbolic. I feel like the entire week should have been dedicated to it. And it's like you were saying, Emma, like earlier on in the podcast, like we never quite saw him dealing with the actual problems in his life. Yeah, I I would have liked a bit, cause I felt the focus was more, again, on the Carters than it was on Matt. I feel like the focus was took off Max a bit and um, I would have liked to see him deal with his issues and that be his exit. I just yeah. felt for a long-term character who... He's been in so many different storylines. He deserved a bit more of an iconic exit for me. Yeah. I mean, to me, again, like, we still love the exit. Like, it's just not... It's not what we often dream of when we think a character who's been on the square for, like you know, 20 years or something. Like, he's been on there for decades now. He deserved a lot better. And he brought us, like you say, Emma, so many iconic storylines, so many iconic lines. It's just a joke time. <laughs> like, you know, the 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 that episode with the family all around at Christmas is the greatest Christmas episode of EastEnders. I'm going to put that down there. I don't know the song. Da, 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 da. Oh, that's the wrong music, actually, isn't it? <laughs> that's, like, that's like Blind Date. <laughs> it's like, guess who? Guess, guess who? who? <laughs> guess who? <laughs> nope, it's Max Game, <laughs> aka the Max version of Match Game. It's a special edition all to do with that fabulous, hilarious, often dramatic and very confusing character, Max Branning. We've come to love him so much that me and Emma thought, why not do a match game all to do with him? So, you know the rules, Emma. I'm going to say a question or a statement. you just got to match my answer with your answer. We just have to match. That's all. 
So, on with the show. Max had recently called famous psychic Bay round for another go. But which of his many fallen foes gave this message? Do you remember that night in the coffin? Blank's friend, the Undertaker. I did that. Well, it sounded like Haley Slater, but I'm going to say Tanya. <laughs> it was Derek. Derek Brannan. Yes. Not Pauline's friend. No, not Pauline's gay friend. No. <laughs> 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 Just thought I'd clarify. It was, um, it's what Derek says right before he has a massive heart attack to Max. Because um, Max has shown him disrespect, apparently. Oh, you don't disrespect the head of the family. Of this family. Heart of this family. He has question number two, Emma. Don't worry, it's still time to make some points. Don't, there's loads of time. We all know that Max isn't the best at keeping secrets. But what crime of his did he manage to get away with, cover up and keep silent for years? That he killed Stephen. Correct! <laughs> <laughs> it was just a joke. It was just, it was a, just joke. a joke. What's a bit of murder between friends and business partners, eh? Question number three. When one's adulterous activity is caught on film and played for the whole family, what is the correct response? It's just a joke! <laughs> <laughs> correct! <laughs> Number four, this is a tricky one. This is a tricky one. You'll have to really scratch your noggin for this one. Which classic song does Max like to squawk and squeal out on the karaoke? I, I really want to say Fire at the Disco. <laughs> <laughs> Wish it was. It was. Fire at the Disco. Temptation. Never mind, never. There's still plenty more, plenty more questions in the sea. Question number five. Max prefers the younger ladies, preferably half his age. But which older lady and mother did he smooch passionately? Think back to the dark days of the bin crisis. Think back to Aiden. I've blocked these out of my memory, man. <laughs> Apart from the bins, that was classic. <laughs> Apart from the bins. I still shiver when I hear Aiden's name. <laughs> She's an older lady. I love sound like Daniel, right? <laughs> you She's did. An She's an older lady. She's an older Give up? Yeah. It was... Kush's mum, Carmel. Not gonna lie, totally forgot about Carmel and Max. They were fair. Yeah, they had this really odd moment where they smooched, and it was just like, what? <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. People go on about hashtag fat. What about that? <laughs> <laughs> Question number six. Some people like to wine and dine their love interests, but what popular two minute just ad hoc water meal does Max serve his lady friends? I'll give you a clue. The actor became famous by starring in these adverts. I'm assuming it's noodles. Correct. It was pot noodles. <laughs> Question number seven, Emma. Some people like to deck the halls at Christmas. What does Max like to wrap in tinsel? I can rephrase it. But what does Max like to wrap up in Christmas lights? Oh, Ian Beale. <laughs> I just put tinsel there to throw you off a bit. <laughs> I didn't intend it to completely throw you off. <laughs> yes, I put Ian's throat. <laughs> Question number eight. 
Question number eight. Max is such a pro at infidelity. But he always makes sure to have a bottle of what alcoholic beverage in the fridge? Bubbly's in the fridge. Bubbly's yes. in the fridge. Bubbly's in the fridge. Bubbly's in the fridge. I love, I love that moment. Question number nine, Emma. Not almost to the end now. He's no Casanova, but Max certainly likes his ladies. And he's had a fair few. But how many women has he slept with? Oh, countless. <laughs> I put officially 15. In his mind, millions. <laughs> so, <laughs> Question 10. The final one, Emma. The final countdown. We've all done things we're not proud of. But it's the guilty gifts we give that really matter. So what gift did Max give to Tanya after his affair with Gemma Clues? Character I have no recollection of. <laughs> Who's Gemma? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know because I don't remember this happening. (laughs) I love that even we don't know. That is one hell of a random character if me and you don't remember. I know, I know exactly. I remember what he got her, but I don't remember the character that he cheated up with. It's an old bracelet, watch, ring. Think bigger, Emma. Think bigger. A house? Very big. A house, that's it. Oh. <laughs> he bought a house. He bought a 10 Turpin Road. I mean, and that poor man used to clean the toilets on Turpin Road. He used to live there, you know. <laughs> well, Emma, because you've got the majority of the questions right, you win this game and here's your prize. You get a framed, dirty wallet-sized photo of Bradley to look at. A limited edition, Stace and Bradley's wedding day, featuring Max, of course. <laughs> and to top it off, Max has suspiciously somehow blackmailed Phil into getting you 10 Turpin Road. <laughs> I'll pop me DVD on or something there. This week's episode is sponsored by Phil's Foot Rubs. Has your car broken down in Dagenham? Do your trotters need a little bit of massaging? Well, look no further. Come to Phil's Foot Rubs. P.S. The location of these foot rubs is not a massage parlour, but the arches. Hope you enjoyed the fireworks. Good night.